welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the podcast where we discuss the big ideas behind one great album every week. I'm Ryan, and that's Matt. Hey, Matt, miss me, don't dismiss me. Oh, Ryan, you could be a star. You could go far. You've got kissability. And sitting right beside me uh, is, uh, is, is Rachel D., uh, TFT punk correspondent. Uh, hey, Rachel, I wanted to know the exact dimensions of hell. And I want to know how you guys feel about this album that we're going to talk about. <laughs> guys, we're talking about, we're still in the 80s, so we are talking about Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation from 1987. Um, this is an album that was, I believe, number one on Pitchfork Media's list of the f- either 50 or 100 greatest albums of the 1980s. It doesn't matter how many there were because it was number one. Uh, and uh, this is a, the, I believe, Sonic Youth's fifth album uh, and really re- uh, recognized as uh, a high point in their um, storied career, uh, which lasted about until I think 2011 or so when the band broke up, maybe a little more recently than that. Um, and so if you've not listened to Sonic Youth, um, definitely get that on. It's on all the streaming services. Uh, look for, there's a, a uh, I believe, remastered edition, um, but not the deluxe edition. Although the deluxe edition itself comes highly recommended uh, by none other than uh, the uh, cranky cranky old man of, of rock criticism, Robert Christgau, uh, who we usually turn to for a kind of like Downton Abbey Dowager Countess level like dry kiss off of whatever album we're talking to uh, but both for the original 1987 release of Daydream Nation uh, and the uh, and and the 2007 re-release, he had nothing but glowing things to say. Uh, and the the 2007 re-release actually um, uh, includes live versions of every song on Daydream Nation, uh, in addition to some other covers uh, and some other kind of process recordings um, that are, I think, uh, useful text. But we'll be talking about uh, the main recording. Uh, and this was at the time that it was released a double LP. It's a 70 minute uh, long uh, long album. Uh, and uh, and so carve out the time, uh, make some time for Daydream Nation. Uh, put it in your your Daydream Daydream Day Planner. Uh, <laughs> keep it keep it Daydream Journal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, put put it beside your Night Dream Journal uh, and 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 uh, and and take some notes because there's uh, there's a lot going on here, and this is an album uh, that, like some of these other albums that connect to to many others, um, this is one I think for the historical period where we are that um, connects to a lot. Uh, so we'll, we'll dive uh, dive into all of that. Um, but if you've not listened, pause this recording, and we'll meet you back here to discuss Daydream Nation after this word from our commercial sponsors are you lost digging underground oh gosh i i yess i i where am i you're, i have become a mole person are, yeah no are you uh just pack a uh, pack rat of your total trash i got so much trash well you know what it's only the 80s so you don't know this in new york yet but you should get yourself some recycling it's important that we reduce reuse and recycle our natural resources instead of just throwing cans and trash into the park like some sort of don draper you're a modern music maker aren't you Yes, I live on the Bowery. (laughs) Well, you know a thing or two about trash, don't you? Start recycling. One day it'll be mandatory, but you can say you liked it before it was cool. Thanks, recycling. (laughs) Recycling. It's what all the Sonic youth are doing. And we're back. <laughs> I had no idea where to go with That's the-, the magic. Well, I have an idea where I want to go. And, and Matt, I have I have a question for you. <laughs> I thought I thought you might. I have I have several for you too as well. Well, it's a two parter. Uh, di- <laughs> so here it is, Matt. Did you listen to Sonic Youth? And is it just noise? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I mean. Honestly, I it was not a huge like I was aware of Sonic Youth in the '90s more than I was a fan of it. We we've talked about what I was listening to in in the '90s before. No need to rehearse that. But the the um, I was more uh, aware of Sonic Youth in the way that you're aware of like classics of the genre or the books that you have to read in high school. Um, but, but you know, ra- rather than sort of really being in 
into it. Uh, they, it didn't provide the kind of pleasures. Or, or I wonder if it wasn't sort of slightly scary as a teenager because of the kind of the lack of uh, kinds of familiar familiar structures and like something I want to talk about in this album, just the relentless energy, just the like balls out, uh, you know, um, go hard and don't stop kind of energy uh, of of this record. So, you know, I can't say I listened to Sonic Youth and even having spent a fair bit of time uh, over the last week or so with this record, I feel like I can't say I listened to Sonic Youth because the readings that I, the, the reading that I've done um, has led me to believe that this is like the, this is the most accessible that, <laughs> that Sonic Youth gets. And so I feel like I've read a, a Dick and Jane primer, uh, right? Rather than, um, yeah, right, right. It's it's Thurston and Kim. See, see, see Thurston. <laughs> like, see Thurston shred. Yeah, like, exactly. This is Kim. Like, <laughs> see Kim speak sing. Like, <laughs> uh, but um, but no. I mean, it was not. It was not just noise. Actually, one thing. One thing that the Pitchfork review, a perfect ten review of the reissue of the the uh, commemorative edition, said that I think really is insightful is the fact the fact that a lot of these moves a lot of these noise moves have become so stock now and it's right it's not shocking anymore the fact that we can kind of accept these as features as just like something that music does sometimes um means that you can sort of see through them you're not sort of caught up in those surface phenomenon you can see through to some sort of deeper structures uh of the of the songs and that they are super accessible um, song structures in terms of being, you know, kind of verse, chorus, rock and roll and having some of the, though I, I'd be hard pressed to, uh, I'd be hard pressed to pull a lyric out of this, this record. Like what, what is a really hooky lyric on, on this record? I mean, uh, other, other than the one that Rachel's out of, I want to know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but it's not, like, it's not hooky exactly, right? It has the shape. It has the shape of hookiness without being, uh, without being hooky, while still, uh, while still uh, keeping it real. I mean, I here's what I was going. You know, so that's my. It's it's not it's not just noise. It's it's pop music uh, with noise, um, and that's. Uh, I mean, that's to me a really interesting thing. But but here was going to be my question for you: uh, these these Sonic Youths with their long guitar solos, with their uh, repetitive dissonances, with their enormous um, prolonged stretches without lyrics, uh, are they a jam band? Yeah, this one crossed my mind as as I was listening <laughs> to this, um, for sure. I think that they're they're kind of a groove band rather than a jam band. Oh, interesting. Um, wait, wait, what is that distinction? Uh, well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> no, I, 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 I was just going to mic down, hit stop recording, and then just end it right there. They are a groove band. End of end of discussion. Um, no, so they. I think that. So uh, while there are guitar solos, I feel like a lot of the energy and this this relentless energy of the record that you um talked about Matt it comes from the 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 unit the band uh the, these four players like playing in in unison um like these these repeated figures and like on, on one hand like you know that they are playing different things especially in the guitar parts there are these dissonances and these kind of uh intertwining solos um and these things that kind of crash against each other but that it it uh, both through the production um and through the playing creates this kind of this this chugging machine um and i think that that has a lot to do with um steve shelley's drumming i think um which is is both on the one hand um really stable but also like very very textured um and 
and and uh, and it has a, these kind of affinities with kraut rock, right? These like long kind of um, this, this this kind of long stretches of road that that chug along, um, and then and 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 the band kind of rides that, right? So that they will find these kind of um, re- re- repetitive grooves and find variety within that, with whether it's through dynamic uh, variety, through um, matches of intensity, through how the parts kind of overlap and repeat um so it's that so there is um there is jamming but it's this kind of um it's 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 jamming within a within a groove right that's that's interesting i mean the the as you were talking the thing that came to mind was it's kind of like a mantra right Mm. it's this sort of repetitive sonic figure that may or may not mean anything may have words or may just have noises uh uh, that kind of you 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 repeat, and through the repetition, you get sort of closer to some sort of universal truth, uh, some sort of universal truth of youth, and it's uh, yeah, and yeah it's, so- you get you get closer to sonic truth, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, sonic youth and and sonic truth. Uh, my other one was going to be: Are they a rap rock band with all the the sing shouting? Uh, the sing shouting that that they do. Actually, I'll throw that one to Rachel. Yeah. Yeah, Rachel, is is Sonic Youth a rap rock band? Hmm, that's that's interesting that you see an affinity with like rapping and like the and the kind of vocal delivery. Um, you know, I I think I don't know. It's an interesting question. I there. I mean, there's something very rhythmic about all the music. I'm trying to think though what makes something rap rock. I, I don't think they quite well, cross the level to, like, to rap. But where are you going to say? I was say you're, you're you're thinking about that in part because I I spared you the long journey up Mount Sex Magic that Matt and I took last week when we did uh, our two parter uh, on the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. So the ah. fact that you are are uh, uh, enjoying thinking about uh, rap rock at all means <laughs> that you are untainted uh, 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 by the thing that I am just trying to give away, give away, give away <laughs> na- now. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you can't in this market. You can't give rap rock away. <laughs> um, yeah, but I yeah. think I think the rhythm is. I don't think the rhythm. It's like it. We're talking about it being chugging, but I don't think like the percussion in this is like quite like I don't know like steady enough to really make it sound like rap rock to me. But I do think there is an affinity there. Like I'm thinking about. Um, cool thing, right? I think there is an affinity, uh, you know, right, on I, the on the album after this. On right? the so album, Goo Goo was their first uh, major label album, that, which uh, came out a couple of years after Daydream Nation, right? Right, and Cool Thing is one of the songs on that, and um, Chuck D makes a like a an appearance on that song. I think there. I don't know. I guess I'm like thinking about that in terms of you know trying to see a sort of lineage or affinity between what they're doing and like, and their sort of relationship to, to rapping or hip hop and New York in general. But I don't think I, to me, the music itself does not necessarily sound like rap rock to me. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the, the TFT podcast, uh, you know, sub project, right? Like uh long-term, you know, working group on, <laughs> on the, uh, the phenomenology of rhythmic speaking over a beat, right? <laughs> I think that this I think that this falls on the on the less rhythmic side and the thing that a lot of the talking kind of fades away. It's more of a, you know, it's that there's a, a sort of lugubrious quality to it rather than being, um, you know, rather, rather than being uh, Kid Rock esque rather than being um you know, oh, what are the other, some of the other big touch points we talked about? Red Hot Chili Peppers ask, uh, right? Rather or even, than even sleigh yeah. bells, right? We've talked about sleigh bells. I think or... that's right. It's like there's an accent at the end, right? There's no like up talk in rap rock. 
<laughs> well, I think, I mean, the interesting kind of uh, edge case here of thinking about like rappiness and rapping is, um, you know, when we're kind of talking about the lack of kind of distinction or of, of kind of enunciation uh, is older D bastard, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who actually comes a lot closer to Clem, Kim Gordon's kind of um, like the way that is, is spoken, but stretched out. Um, and I think, but putting that aside, I think there's something else that's interesting here in terms of the kind of, I mean, Rachel, you mentioned kind of the instrumentation and like the kind of rocking that uh, is present in, in rap rock. And I think that that's very interesting is that, mo- you know, most rap rock is, you know, if not all on a template that kind of owes its like goes back to run DMC also, which we talked about. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, well, and with a kind of, like you say, a more kind of boxy and repeated rhythm. Right. right. Um, I, I think that there is, Something and and I, I don't know what to make of this, but here's another fact uh, in the I guess in the in the pro rap rock uh, interpretation <laughs> here, if we're, if we're proing and conning uh, this or, or kind of building a case, um, is that the the production the producer of Daydream Nation, right, uh, Nick Sasano, uh, actually had primarily produced hip hop before, um, yeah. and he had actually worked uh, he worked uh, uh, on Public Enemy's Black Steel in the Hour of Chaos uh, and Rob Bass and uh, DJ Easy Rock's It Takes Two. Wow. Wow. Um, and I think that that, uh, and, and, but I think that, that it's, you know, rather than kind of parsing either the instrumentation and, and production or the, the vocals, I think that something else that you said, Rachel, I think is what, what part of what makes this kind of, rap rocky i mean in some ways in some ways all music of the late 80s was always already rap rock that is, right? that is so interesting that's so true right uh and, and that in and, and, and i guess what i'm saying is that and and this connects to what we were talking about um last week with the chili peppers in a way is that we're kind of in these in the moments when all of the pieces of kind of rebellion against um conformity are kind of coalescing to something that are that that are in dialogue with one another, and so um, and and they're occurring at first in regional scenes that then are very quickly becoming national or becoming the mainstream. So we talked a lot about that in the context of L.A. Um, uh, last week, and and I think that um, this kind of the the specific whether it's fusion or hybridity um, that you that you hear in Sonic Youth um, owes a lot to New York and and to to the New Yorkness, and so in you mentioned this, Rachel, of this kind of, you know, because, you know, New York is a, it, it, you know, the hip hop and rap was a, a something that was really flourishing still at this time in New York and in kind of uh, in distinct ways in each borough of New York, right? There are these many sub, um, you know, these, these local varieties. Um, and, and I think, you know, and an ecosystem for producing rap um, that there was all, were all of these varieties and sub varieties of underground rock music in new york at the same time right that there was um the punk and post-punk that we've we've talked about um and then uh no wave which we've talked about even more which was even like more interested in kind of experimental deconstruction of of rock and and of punk which is uh, uh, a lot of what drew in sonic youth and they were um influenced by a lot of uh, a lot of uh, bands of that moment, moment in their earliest album right their first four albums especially right that you know really like underline the kind of poppiness of daydream nation relative to um albums like uh bad moon rising or or sister or evil uh which are are very cool but are um definitely much more in the alienating and confounding um um space both in terms of um the sonic qualities and and the song structure right so that there is a a sense that there is in this um in and in, in daydream nation a kind of putting together of these uh, of these various elements of um like of 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 what was going on in the underground in new york right in some ways daydream nation is succeeding where the hbo series vinyl failed right, <laughs> <laughs> right? you know and then there's this like what the, the first episode i only made it through not even i don't think the whole way through the first episode of vinyl but in the first episode he like discovers in one episode like punk and rap uh and like some other like genre right like uh in in one episode in the late 70s um and it's it, 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 and like hard rock right he's 
he's like he like both hangs out with Led Zeppelin, uh, discovers the New York Dolls, and and witnesses the invention of rap. Uh, and while that is is um, is you know was some of the kind of heavy handedness that that killed the show and made it not be uh, renewed for uh, for another season, uh, that that th- these there were these uh, moments of cross uh, cross pollination uh, that were happening as a product of the kind of specific time and places right undoubtedly you're right um but i all but i think there I, there's a a countervailing trend that i that i sort of identified or at least that came to mind um that came to mind for me when 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 talking about this and that's that's the sort of the number of underground new yorks that there are like the large number of undergrounds right like there so everyone's living in 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 separate basements or things like this, right? Because this, this was also like the number of things that were going on that would become culturally influential is, is almost uh, dizzying to contemplate, right? Because uh, this was, this was the New York of like, of, uh, of AIDS decimating the gay population and like gay men's health crisis and uh, stuff like that. Right. Like this is the, the uh, this is the New York that, that hip hop is being born in. This is the New York that like, over, well over in Los Angeles, right? Like uh, red hot chili peppers at the same time is sort of misreading the local scene and going in a, in a different direction. And this is the, well, and, and concurrently you have NWA, right? Like, right. Uh, like yeah. you know also also in LA right like well you know in some ways it's like everyone's underground because above ground in the cities there like it, there's too much urban decay right, right? <laughs> like so you you're you're driven underground cuz uh, ab- like uh, above ground is a scorched wasteland <laughs> well the, uh, yeah exactly like yeah, right you're either living under the bridge <laughs> right? right or under or uh or under the ground and like that that I, you know, that there are so many subaltern histories, right? That, 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 yes, are certainly, that, that certainly influence one another, that the contiguous ones or the, the adjacent ones, I should say, um, uh, influence, influence one another, but that there is so much, uh, there's so much breadth in undergroundness and w- what could be what could be underground that there that there is at the same time I think a countervailing trend of sort of fragmentation and this is the this is also the the like the scene where I think like in the mid mid eighties or, or we're in the late eighties now this is eighty eight I think right like um, that the the phrase alternative rock right has. Uh, uh, has come about and it won't become, it won't get codified as a popular commercial radio format, um, until maybe in the nineties and the kind of the, the advent of the grunge scene in Seattle. But like, we're already talking about in the discourse, talking about alternativeness and there's a sense of sort of fragmentation, uh, you know, of sort of commercial fragmentation, um, that I think is probably enabled by uh, by a huge economic expansion, right? By a, by the sort of late Reagan, uh, you know, pre Bush recession, like late Reagan economic expansion, um, econo- and and that. But kind of moving on from that a little bit, the the other interesting thing to me here is the the kind of the. F- focus on revisionism or on reaction in a couple of the things that we've talked about, right? Like, uh, of kind of reinterpretation or of, of what we might call strong misreading, right? Um, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers reads the LA, uh, punk and hardcore scene, thinks it's, it's insufficiently inclusive, misogynistic, you know, what, you know, the, whatever the series of charges that they leveled against that uh, uh, movement in its worst excesses. Um, and they, they respond to that by, by sort of creating a new, uh, a new LA punk, a kinder, gentler LA punk. Right. And Sonic Youth sort of reads the punk tradition and there's, there's like uh, sort of explicit statements from, um, from Thurston Moore about, uh, about this uh, or, um, 
Oh, you know what? I had the quote up, but I don't have any more. That that the idea is you take the sort of you take certain aspects of of nineteen seventies punk, certain aspects of like the energy of it, but that you do it in a slightly more dreamy eyed way. It's it's to the music scene is that you be a scholar of the music scene that you're in and of its traditions and that's a uh that is an interesting that's an interesting place to be yeah i mean I, that's really interesting i mean rachel as our as our punk correspondent um what do you make of the notion of kind of 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 sonic youth as a revision of punk and as a kind of dreamier like uh incarnation of of, of punk i mean do you, do you do you think that there's there like how do you read uh daydream nation as a as a punk album or is it kind of far away from that that oeuvre no i i, I think that's right i do see it as being a revision or within and within the kind of lineage of punk um and, and but not yes but still like a revision and still like a separate sort of entity for and a step away from punk and hardcore you know and i think that's where i think that's where like indie rock and like it's like there's two paths in the forest and like which one did you choose right there's a whole cottage industry the, the punk path the punk path less traveled yeah exactly <laughs> well it's like there it's like the two paths that like diverge into i think right like the entire canon of what we like call alternative and indie rock which Sonic Youth took. <laughs> right. And then there's like, I don't know, like Bane, right? Or like there's yeah. like this whole, there's this whole like subset. There's a whole side of the music industry that is like trying to capture like the spirit of 77 or 82 or 88 or yeah, 93. There's, there, there's a whole set of like deniers of postness. Yes, right? there are. Right? There's right? a so, whole set of yeah. deniers of postness. There are people who are trying to recapture like the nostalgia. Like it's like they're trying to bottle what it felt like to be like a sweaty teenage boy forever. <laughs> and, and like, and it's, I get it, but it, it's just a very different, it's a different way to like approach things. Right. And I think there's sometimes this sense that like those people feel like there's a purity to bottling the teenage boy energy and keeping it alive forever. Just bottles of stink. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. And then, yeah. And then there are these revisionists who, you know, have, have let let these things like they're a part of their you know their cultural dna and and they have reshapen reshaped them well i think i think it's just it's very interesting because there's something to be said that that it's weird that you know that that um the the kind of bottling it up and the kind of preservationist uh, impulse is a conservative one right that of like uh, we are going to return to we're going to m- make punk great again right like, uh, we're, and we're gonna we're gonna build a wall between uh punk and all other genres and we're gonna make the other genres pay for the we're wall make, yeah we're gonna make david geffen pay for the wall <laughs> right um and 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 uh whereas the the impulse to kind of misread and 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 and, and hybridize uh, is ultimately. I mean, it is an interesting thing. On the one hand, it leads it, like that is kind of the more kind of deeply punk impulse is to kind of keep. You know, we've talked about this a bit. These cycles of rebellion within rebellion, um, and and that from like an artistic standpoint and a social standpoint, um, I think that that um, that that kind of that makes sense. But it does lead to. I mean, right? This we've, we've mentioned this a few times that this is 
you know, the, the, uh, Sonic used last album before they were signed to a major label. And even though they didn't blow up in the nineties, you know, they, they're, they are, they're alternative rock John the Baptist, right? Uh, well, they, I mean, they did not blow up in the nineties. Like they were on MTV enough, you know what I mean? Like, and it was I mean, more, not, not enough for me to, I mean, I guess like, I think I'm a good barometer of like, <laughs> of what was on uh, MTV. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and, and like, I mean, like if they were definitely on like, you know, for whatever reason, whether it was bedtime or mealtime or whatever, um, you know, they were on like 120 minutes. Uh, and I only had like 45 minutes uh, <laughs> of, of worth of attention. Right. So, um, like they, they never quite for me, like Sonic Youth for me. Um, I mean, it's not that I, like, I, 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 I'd be, I, I get, I had an awareness as well, but they were not like what was being kind of culturally foie gras to me. So it did uh-huh. not become part of my, uh, at that time, my, um, my pop music fatty liver. Right. Uh, um, uh, whereas, uh, you know, then, um, you know, I kind of self, uh, self foie gras it, um, much later, kind of in college, um, and, and later in, you, in my see, you administered, you, you put the tube in and administered the gavage of uh well it's like the uh the dan barber uh ted talk uh i i was those wild geese that just found the delicious grasses and just gorged myself upon them (laughs) uh and that's that's true that's that's true independent uh indiness is is gorging yourself and making yourself consumable of your own accord as opposed to uh taking what is is shoved down your throat but i mean i guess the the point is is that this does i mean yeah, that that even within their kind of modest success, you know, that they they did you know pave the way for Nirvana um, and uh, and and for you know everything that came after Nirvana, right? Um, and so that it's this interesting thing to kind of think about kind of revision and kind of rebellion versus um, uh, you know versus uh, versus kind of the the more preservationist tendencies, which weirdly kind of stay underground because um like the axes of rebellion um kind of shift, but as a result, they also do not get co-opted right so there's there's kind of multiple multiple as always multiple dimensions um at at play here uh, I think there's another kind of thing that's that's very interesting um in terms of thinking about the nature of rebellion. And it's something that it's it's something that I kind of thought about. Um, and I guess is a way to uh, pivot into lyrics or at least songs a little bit, um, and more kind of discrete chunks of this album um, as opposed to the, to the the album and the kind of cultural milieu around it um, that, that that we've kind of been focusing on. Is that you know I noticed that there are these elements. I mean I've been thinking a lot about the phrase daydream nation, mm. uh, and that there's a there's a lot of this element. I mean I think this idea Matt that you mentioned of kind of dream punk is very interesting because there's a lot of being kind of in the lyrics of all three right so we have songs from thurston moore kim gordon and lee ronaldo and they all in their own way have this kind of spaced out quality right that there's certain amounts of free association in the lyrics especially in lee ronaldo's songs uh there's you know um there's the lyric in um in in teenage riot right it takes a teenage riot to get me out of bed right from thurston um and you have uh with with kim just just the singing style and and the content um has that has that as well and i mean i think that there is this interesting thing of I mean, there is, you know, we talk about the way that this is, uh, there's a branch here that leads to things like indie rock. I mean, one of the, the, you know, then the, that's a road that then branches many, many more times. But one of those branches we talked a little bit about when we talked about Dinosaur Jr. Um, also includes bands like Pavement and this idea of kind of slackerism uh, and things like that. And I think that th- there's this very interesting thing that's going on in this album of a, a, co- a combination of the musical intensity, right? The driving both uh, of, of kind of the rhythmic intensity and, and, and urgency and the kind of um, sonic intensity of, of the guitar sounds, um, especially combined with the kind of much more laconic vocals and kind of like this, this hazy, this hazy, lazy quality, right. Of being kind of lost in a cloud or, or in, in your heads and in a, in a kind of distant state that is kind of, it's a, it's one of the more interesting juxtapositions here. And, and I think it's, if there is right that, 
that if there is if this is dream punk that, that these are not just like you know separate terms that are mashed together but they are they're operating on each other and it's kind of key to what's going on originally you have your yeah no i think a lot of like the way you're describing um the kind of the effect of the music reminds me actually a lot of um of this there's this Dan Graham piece, the mm-hmm. Rock My Religion. It's like a it's like a video piece. It's basically like a a, a collage, a video collage of uh, different performances, different live musical performances, and with these like super cuts about the Shakers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it basically makes this this like loose visual argument that you know that parallels the the experience of like enjoying rock music to like a religious experience and rock as religion. I think a lot of what you're describing to me, like touches on some of like those elements and it's Sonic youth is one of the bands in that video along actually with several clips of like black flag and several hardcore acts. And it it makes me think again about the sort of like the, the, you know, the commonality and lineage between this and things like hardcore punk. Right. And the sort of the, the lineage here being like, and then like, I think the distinction between even things like pavement where like the, you know, there's this kind of like trance, this trance, like, um, I think this is where the, the 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 vocals falling off a little contribute to this, right? The the hazy trance like kind of uh, pl- like plodding quality of some of this music, right? It's music that you can you can move your body to in a very like lethargic and heavy way. Uh and I think and I I feel like that that kind of like physical and mental like heaviness is is there in, in both of those types of music, and, and I and you, I guess you see I mean, that. That is interesting. The question you should have asked is Sonic Youth trance music. <laughs> <laughs> the right, I, I mean, it's interesting. The very suggestive. The idea of like comparing it to religious experience, because like one of the things about religious experience is that you kind of have to be there for it, right? Like you can't you can't get it on a record. You have to sort of be present uh, to have the religious experience you know like work on you um and that that uh i'm I'm put in mind of something i read that henry rollins said to the band um that before the recording of this record that they had never captured uh what he considered to be at the time the best thing about their band which was the live the live show and the kind of the long uh what we've called groove bandy sort of extended mantra like uh uh guitar meditations right the the sort of the long jammy um passages and that this is something that in the writing process they tried to uh that they tried to capture a little bit in in ways that they you know uh in ways that I think were pretty successful on this because even though they're not all there are a couple of really long tracks but they're not all really long uh by any stretch of the imagination and they like uh they somehow managed to kind of capture the sense that you're talking about of a sort of of a religious experience or of a kind of a meditation or a uh like a a sort of you know rock uh uh sort of rock revival and and there is also like in in the idea of of religious experience both the idea of kind of ecstatic and exuberant energy and a a, a kind of idea of flow or privacy or sort of eyes closed swaying um you, you know what i mean that is that is kind of the the operating tension that we've we've identified on the as kind of animating animating the record so it's definitely i mean like uh this is a this as a church as a rock revival is is a really interesting um way to talk about it right yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it is very interesting because I, I think that you exactly – that's the way to kind of then reconcile kind of closing the loop back on this. The kind of – a lot of the instrumentals are kind of create that kind of – that 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 ecstatic piece, right? And then the kind of – this kind of capturing of the live piece. Um, but then the – I think what's interesting about a lot of the vocals is that the vocals almost – you know, it's this interesting thing where the vocals are are not of a mental state of being at the at the show, right? That the 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 that that these vocals are delivered in a way that is actually not 
present, right? Uh, uh, that that they're they're almost an an interior monologue of of like someone kind of uh, uh you know of of a voice uh of, of that is kind of having these thoughts that is kind of not in the music, right? Uh, and 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 that they're kind of um. And and they're kind of juxtaposed. There's a kind of collage, um, and and that there's there's a lot of power in the moments where they that where the um, where where the music kind of pulls the vocals uh, in. And I think that there's a moment, and this is actually a line. It's it's really telling um, that that it's a it's a really small line uh, that that gets mentioned, but almost every review uh, mentions one of the most like kind of smallest lyrical lines on the whole album is that. On um, "Hey Joni," I think it was another one of the Lay Renato songs. There's a moment where I where he says, "Kick it." And and the music uh, and and the and and like the riff really kind of kicks in uh, and and the band kind of kicks into higher a higher level of overdrive and I think that that is a moment where I mean it's it's really interesting where it it sounds like the way you understand that kind of a cue right it's almost like of the band leader the James Brown like uh, band leader kind of counting everyone up and lead the, leading them to the next place but in some ways I think in this case it's the music that is actually the the, the Causality may run the other way, right? And that the music actually is is creating such a, a gravitational pull that it's pulling the vocals and pulling um, the uh, the the vocalist, the voice, uh, you know, back the, that is pulling that awareness back to the music. Uh, and and they then at that time say the appropriate thing, uh, as opposed to the kind of. Um, you know, that, right, you know, uh, you know, you know, Joni's in the tall grass. She's a beautiful mental jukebox, a sailboat explosion, a snap of electric whipcraft. She's not thinking about the future. She's not spinning her wheels. She doesn't think at all about the past. She's thinking long and hard about that wild sound and wondering, will it last? And then, and, and then kick it at, at, at kick it. The vocalist has been pulled as it has been brought back to the, um, uh, to to the the beat, much like being pulled, kind of you know re redrawing a, uh, attention uh, to to the breath um, in a, in a meditation practice, right? Um, and so I think that 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 um, that that, that I, I see that kind of interplay um, and, and those moments where <coughs> the music pulls the. Um, the kind of voice uh, or the mind kind of back in are the moments of that kind of internalized, like kind of a, like ecstatic uh, uh, kind of um, experience, right? And that kind of personal experience of 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 the religious, right? I mean, it's it's interesting that that is uh, uh, as though the mind has wandered, right? As though the kind of the the lethargic or daydreamy qualities are distractions or are are involuntary in in some sense, and then we kick it. And- and we're brought back to the uh, we're you know we're brought back to the thing that we're all here to do, which is rock. Um, but the uh, another way of another way of reading the kind of the lethargic passages and the kind of the daydreamy, um, like the daydreamy parts of day, uh, daydream nation is uh, uh, has to do with with social protest, I think, right? And like whereas whereas punk punk is always uh involved a, a certain amount of opting out right uh in in british punk especially which is maybe more socially socially engaged uh it's it's a sort of capitalist opting out right and uh uh and and so on um but uh th- this the sort of the mode of opting out like prefigures the the slacker movement of the 90s a little bit that like it's it's opting out by not giving a shit uh to 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 a certain extent and that's um uh uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, that's that, that's to me another kind of way of reading the uh, re- reading the kind of the images of of lethargy, uh, the idea. Um, you know, the, uh, the idea of uh, uh, it taking a teenage riot um, to get to get me out of bed. Uh, Right, yeah. like spirit, spirit desire, uh, face me. Spirit desire, don't displace me. Spirit desire, uh, we will fall. 
um, you know, that, that like, uh, we will fall sort of back into bed. We will fall short of our intentions. We will fall, uh, from our, our spirit and our, our desire. Well, I think that that's very interesting because I, I think that like that those like lyrical runs in Teenage Riot. I mean, also it's it's this kind of form of protest. Like, I want to kind of point out that at the time of releasing this album, they are not a Sonic Youth anymore. They're like Sonic. They're Sonic like early middle age, right? That they're mm-hmm. already like by eighty eight. Like they're all kind of um, mid to late fifties. So they're kind of like they're they're not really Gen Xers. They're they're kind of the, in they're they're themselves kind of a taint generation um, between Gen X and like the late boomy, baby boomers. Just like that, you know, we are kind of um, you know, especially Rachel and I are, and and I think you too, Matt. Like we're all kind of at various places of the kind of um, veiny generational taint. Yeah. Um, we're we're but we're in the the other end of the taint uh, b- uh, between um, Gen X. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're closer, and the, and the millennials, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're a little. Closer to I'm I'm closer to the to the generative uh, genital parts of Generation X, and and you're closer to the to the fetid rectum, of... <laughs> the, 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 the millennial butthole, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but oh, I think what I was just going to well, say. Well, hold is on. That, okay, so so I, what I was just going to say is that I think what is interesting is that there is a there are certain elements of like kind of like in the very opening lyrics, right before even getting to the um, the miss me don't dismiss me part and spirit desire part. Um, that the first thing that Kim Ward saying is like you're it, no, you're really it, right? It's like I mean, for me that evokes kids playing tag, yes. right? I was going to say the same thing. I think the entire opening of the song really evokes like a ring around the rosy yeah. and and duck duck goose right that's a sense of play right there's, there's like, a sense of play and even like the chanting of like the repetitive spirit desire spirit desire we will fall i mean falling is a thing that often happens in those games right, right. like we all falling, fall down yeah. we all fall down i you know i think it's interesting that this this opens up with you know there's both there's both like the voice of like the sort of bullying, like the person who's chosen the it to yeah. the person, the person who's choosing who to single out. You're it. And then the also the voice of the person who's anxious about being singled out yeah. and being displaced from the larger group. And it's just so interesting to start that. And then the instrumental break is like the the sort of opening thesis for no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to single people out or isolate people from some larger sense of community. Right. This is a this will be a song about this will be a song about, you know, not like I guess not creating that anxiety. So the, right. I, like I want I want to fact check a little bit the the age thing because I think it's important, though I think Ryan's point survives the the thing. So Thurston Moore born fifty eight. Right. So they're they're he's they're 30. thirty. They're thirty, yeah. Okay. Exactly. So- yeah, yeah. So they're, but they're not youth. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if, so if they're youth, we're youth, and we're all in trouble. Like. Yeah. <laughs> just, we're just making our garage podcasts, our lo-fi, our lo-fi podcasts. No, the lo-fi ages of the of the TFT podcast were very early in the. Uh, we're very early in the show. Yeah. So, so it's true that when you're 30, you are like in, in large measure, like on average, you are sort of over the hump a little bit, right? In terms of what? In terms of identity formation. Uh, you know? Um, but you know, you've also, I, like, something about, something about that, like passing through your 20s or passing through the kind of, uh, the second adolescence odyssey period uh, of of late capitalism that happens in in your twenties is that like the whole structure has revealed itself to be empty, right? Like you might have started a career, you know, or you might have like um, gotten some. Uh, like gotten, you know, a certain distance down the path of achievement and realized uh, that it's all bullshit, right? That that's a, that that seems to be a feature of, uh, that that seems to be a feature of, of your thirties. And there's a second reckoning of not, not, 
Um, not who am I and what shall I do? Uh, because it's so important and because I need to self-actualize. Um, but, uh, who am I and what shall I do? Because the inner, you know, I don't know the, the inner bankruptcy of, of all manner of ambition has been revealed to, <laughs> has been, uh, has been revealed to me, right? Like, and maybe I'm not a, maybe I'm not an actual youth anymore, but I might be a, I might be a sonic, uh, a sonic youth. And well, so- well, and I, I, th- I do think that, that part of the, the answer there, I mean, this gets back to this kind of modes of social protest is that, and this is where they converge mm-hmm. is that, that these kinds of modes of of kind of reversion in one way or another, whether it's kind of reversion to kind of kinds of of childishness, um, or to kind of a, a to kind of inaction or kind of a zoning out, whether kind of through you know through through drugs or through kind of just dissociation, um, is is one of these modes, right? Um, you know, I, I'm sure we've talked at some point about kind of um, exit voice and loyalty, right? And that this is rather than kind of a voice and kind of, that. The, the, this is a mode of kind of um, right of, of exit, right? But it's it's kind of exit without actually picking up and going. It's just kind of um, it's it's a it's uh, exit uh, you know exit while there, right? Um, and and that uh, and and again though it's 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 interesting though because uh, the, to add layers to this is not like if they were purely slackers if if the protest was purely just slacking then there'd be no record of it right and so it's actually it's it's more complicated than than that right it's that that this is very ambitious slackerdom right or it's a it's a record of ambitious slacker it's it's that look how look how slackering i am uh like like it's it's and, and it's it's a very kind of effortful uh drawing attention to the lack of effort <laughs> um that then it like um creates a a mode of protest because it's like listen i could be Putting, uh, I could be directing these these uh, energies towards fitting in and being productive and and kind of you know oiling the the cogs of this this um, you know at that time humming uh, Reaganite machine, but instead uh, I'm I'm opting out in one way or another. I'm 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 writing in my daydream journal. Yeah, it's also like the the idea. I'm thinking of kissability now. It's it's such a savage parody of that of the idea of fame or of the idea of this sort of the fame machine and the sort of the the misogynistic lecherous i mean you can just imagine you can just imagine the like cheap fat cheap suited you know talent scout or something that's like who, who is saying these things like you're so good you could go far you know or i'll i'll put you uh, i'll put you in a uh, in a movie. And it's, to me, a reading of this song depends on what you think of the chorus. Cause the verses are all clearly in the, um, in the, the voice of this satire character. Um, you know, you've got kissability, which I guess is like fuckability, but like PG 13, right? Uh, but uh the chorus um you're driving me crazy you smell so sick you're driving me crazy uh give us a kiss is this kim gordon uh uh like talking back or is this also is this more of the is this more of the of the sort of talent scout uh parody person um uh, parody person talking, but I think like just in just in kind of summoning the energy and the sort of the 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 savagery with which this this um, you know manifestly ridiculous type is lampooned uh, does give the lie to the idea that it's all it's all lethargy, it's all opting out, it's all kind of exit, uh, or it's it's a mode of exit, uh, it's a mode of self annihilating. Uh, exit or a mode of ambition annihilating exit, right? Yeah, no, and I think, I mean, going back to Teenage Riot, or, uh, sorry, uh, yes, Teenage Riot, uh, he says several times in the bed, like, it'll take a Teenage Riot to get me out of bed. I mean, I, I think that, like, line to me encapsulates a lot of what we're talking about, too, right? Like, I am so, I am so, I have so much 
exhaustion and ennui about what's going on around me. It would it would take a pretty cool riot to get me to care. <laughs> like like I, I had to see like it had to be like a cool riot. Like yeah. not not these riots I've seen. Like uh you know like w- w- when I was a teenager, right? When I was a teenager, I saw riots or you know as a, if they are fifty seven kids and you know they were they were like preteens uh in the kind of you know waves of social protest in the late sixties. Um, which are actually some of the years uh, and periods that are name checked in um, in in uh, Hijoni, right? Um, but that like it would take a current teenage riot to get me out of bed, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not going to get out of bed for a uh, for for a twenty something riot or a thirty something riot. Um, <laughs> this this isn't your father's riot, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, and and that there, there's also sort of in this like a hunger for something that is authentic, like the music of dinosaur jr or something like that right like because you know dinosaur jr are definitely for real uh and are uh, seem like uh you know seem like an influence uh oh yeah well i mean it's mentioned that like the the last part of trilogy um uh i what is it called it's uh, eliminator jr uh was named as an homage like uh, that uh to both um dinosaur jr uh and to zz top Right, that uh, that uh, Eliminator was a ZZ Top, I believe, album, uh, or if not a song. Right, and so this is their attempt to create a fusion of. So if they're not rap rock, they are like hard rock, kind of punk hybrid. Right, like um, they're punk rock heavy metal karaoke, uh, uh, and uh, and and kind of, um, and you you see this elsewhere where there are these, and we talked about this a little bit in Dinosaur Junior as well of these kind of. Uh, accepting and rehabilitation of some elements of the classic rock tradition, um, but but kind of reinterpreting that, right? And just like the fact that, right, that this is a, the album ends on a trilogy, on a song suite, right? And this is a double album. Uh, and there's a use of, uh, on the vinyl, uh, each side of the vinyl disc uh, has a has a symbol that's it's a very kind of Led Zeppelin kind of mysticism uh, is is there. Um, so that the, there is an even more, it's this interesting thing where they take um, some of Dinosaur Jr.'s kind of engagement with both simultaneous engagement with both punk and kind of more kind of classic rock that had previously been rejected. Uh, and they, they kind of, um, and, and they add dinosaur junior to the canyon canon a little bit. Uh, but by do that, doing that, then kind of engage in this kind of strong misreading and kind of, um, and, and kind of aren't just, um, dinosaur junior juniors, um, uh, but are, um, kind of, um, you know, you push this in, in the next direction. Um, and this kind of next, right there, the next step in, in dinosaur evolution. Uh. <laughs> the, uh, the, the other thing I sort of thought about in, in trilogy was I thought about television a little bit, uh, especially yeah. be, especially because of the, um, the structuring of it as like a wander around a wander around the town. And even in, uh, in hyperstation, the second part of the trilogy, which is where the lyric daydream nation appears, um, right. He talks it like from Bowery to broom to green. I'm a walking lizard. Last night's dream was a talking baby wizard, uh, all coming from female imagination, daydreaming days, uh, in a, in a daydream nation. Um, so there's, yeah, I mean, there's something like there's this sort of magical unreality, uh, to the walking around the city, um, that, that reminds me of the kind of the similar song, uh, on, uh, uh, on the television record. That on Marky Moon. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That was, uh, that was about kind of wandering around the city at night and there being like, uh, like a skeleton inside you, you know, and this sort of phantasmagoric, uh, or, or, um, dreamlike uh images um you know sort of hinting at something something sort of heightened and something uh something a little beyond real in the beyond realistic in the in the lyric writing yeah well, absolutely and then i i think that the other um 
Uh, I mean, this is very interesting, right? Because then the next verse, right, is smash up against a car at 3 a.m. The kids dressed up for basketball beat me in the head. There's bum trash in my hall and my place is ripped. I totaled another amp. I'm calling in sick. Uh, it's an anthem in a vacuum on a hyperstation. Uh, daydreaming days in a daydream nation, right? And that, like, and there is this sense of kind of. I made this joke earlier about kind of everyone is underground because uh, above ground is this is 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 just filled with charred wreckage. But the, the, you have a sense of that here, right? But it's actually rather than I mean, when I hear kind of hyperstation here, I think about kind of like outer space, right? And kind of uh, and and that and that another way of thinking about kind of the dreamy element is. You know that that in in dreaming, right? Another kind of way of th- saying this is kind of having your head in the clouds, uh, or or being spaced out, right? Uh, and and that um, and and that that part of this kind of oh, you know, there's there's a kind of escapism, and we've talked about exit, we've talked about these things, and that in kind of withdrawing, it's not just withdrawing into yourself, but by by doing that, there's kind of an step to try to kind of you know, warp to go, you know, to warp to another location, right. To kind of go into hyperdrive. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and I, I kind of hear that, uh, there. Yeah, no. And, and like, even in just, there's some, there's like a quality to the, to the, the kind of verses and choruses, like as if there were whole sections of time that are blacked out from memory. And then he just wakes up. And like is is in the sort of next, I, I think the idea of like warping or warging, it's like very, like very much like uh, hits at like the quality of the kind of suddenly suddenly waking up and suddenly realizing where you are. Yeah, what's well, the, the lyric that starts the starts the song or starts the movement? Right, falling out of sleep. I yeah. mean, that lyric really grabbed me. I mean, it's like it's it, there's something just like uh, very subtle about this idea of falling out of sleep. Right, he's not waking up. Right, uh, it's a, he's doing what you do when you fall to fall to sleep, but the reverse. Uh-huh. Right, you're you're, you're you're pooped out by your dream. Um, <laughs> is like how I. Is how I see it. I mean, daydreaming is what you do when you're doing something, but you'd rather be doing something else, right? Like it's a sort of preoccupation with with the world that isn't, right? Uh, Rather than being my my other dream is a daydream, (laughs) (laughs) right? In a way, right? But it's it's it's, yeah, it's that you kind of exactly, and but I think that that part of what the other thing though is that daydreaming is is assumed to be a distraction right um and 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 to be idle um but the, this is kind of productive daydreaming right because it's that like while doing that you know imagining something um while you while you're doing something you'd rather not be doing um you're that that is also kind of imagining this other reality right and so that by so uh, and and so that that's really interesting and this gets back to this is this just exit or is there a form of kind of protest here and kind of by kind of by capturing the daydream by recording the daydream um that that then you allow that rather than something that is is forgotten perhaps to be the thing that you are doing um rather than the thing that you are currently doing yeah right that uh you know uh it's the and and so that is is kind of um a putting yourself in a position to live the daydream right um and and i think that i mean that's another way you know we one can speak disparagingly about you know like selling out or you know kind of going pop or or getting captured but there's a certain uh, point in which like um that there is a a way right that you know sonic youth went through the kissability uh so that we could have sonic youth right uh, and, and 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 that they kind of they went through um you know they went they went through the the Reagan era and kind of daydreamed through the Reagan era so that they could then um and, and then but then recorded it so that then we could like start uh, you know gradually we and 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 others kind of at the time their contemporaries and followers could build the daydream and kind of build at least start to build uh, a world um around the daydream right so and, that you're saying that they they did this so that we could load up on guns and bring our friends 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So, well, we, we, I think, unfortunately, are going to have to snap out of our daydream. What? Oh, good. I'm falling out of this oh, podcast. Uh, all right. We're going to fall out of the podcast. Uh, uh, and this is just a podcast in a vacuum in a hyper station. Um, but we'll be back next week podcasting, uh, podcasting our podcasting days in a podcasting nation. Um, and so we are, we're, we're back every week. We're going to be keep crawling. I think I misspoke earlier saying that this was 87. Uh, this is 88. Um, and so we're going to continue uh, through 88. Um, uh, there's some gr- good albums coming up. Uh, and, and so we're going to balance, um, ex- you know, a- as always, we're going to walk this tightrope uh, with, with exhaustiveness on one time uh, and, and kind of um, moving moving through time uh, uh kind of efficiently on the other um so so stay with us as we um continue our our march through the late 80s uh, and and well into the 90s right it's just one of these things i mean just as a, as a kind of closing thought i found it interesting that this is it's interesting to, to make um, Daydream Nation, your best album of the eighties, uh, as Pitchfork did. Cause what that, what, what that really tells me is that you hated the, Pitchfork hated the eighties, right? Because this is kind of like, if this is the best of the eighties, the same, like the best thing about the eighties, uh, is, is that it ended. All right. And, and that it became the nineties. Uh, because I see, I, I think that that is, is a lot of what this is. And, and, and a lot of what this quarter will be is, is, you know, this is the, the conclusion of how we get to the nineties. Um, and not that saying that like everything is this, this um you know uh, this this onward march to the the, the 90s and, and where where you start and uh, doesn't matter and the journey doesn't matter but i think especially for us um as the kind of member members of of the of the millennial millennial gen x uh taint um that uh you know, that we kind of see everything through the lens of the 90s because that's where we became uh, more aware so i think this is going to be interesting um and so as always uh, as you have thoughts um on this episode on Daydream Nation, on Sonic Youth, um, on on the on the late '80s in general. Um, there's a lot of ways to share them. Uh, in the longest form of variety, go to overthinkingit.com. Uh, leave some notes on the show notes. There's uh, often a discussion there. Um, in shorter uh, shorter form, in 140 character bursts, uh, go to Twitter um, or Twitter uh, slash uh, TFT Podcast, uh, and we're theory for turntables um, on uh, on Facebook. And so that's always a good way to um, to we we post our episodes. Uh, always a good way to br- tag someone, bring them in, right? That these are the, especially these uh, historical stretches are good ways to bring more people into the uh, into the discussion. So as you have your um, as you know a Sonic Youth fan or an alternative rock fan. Um, uh, or someone who who might enjoy hearing these thoughts, um, tag them, put this on their wall, uh, bring them in, uh, and and uh, and grow grow the daydream nation, um, and and just know. Uh, just know that uh, uh, that we'll be here, kind of just f- uh, hazily. Uh, and really, until next week, we're just gonna d- uh, lie here in a dissociative fog. Uh, and whether we are a, a Thurston, a Kim, or a Lee, uh, just know that we will be very real.